Hello and welcome to our audio Advent countdown. It is December the 10th and we are looking back in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 1 today to finish a narrative about a man named Joseph. You see, he had just been told, or rather it, he had discovered that Mary was with child. Knowing that he wasn't the father, Joseph was rightly suspicious about the whole thing. He decided that he was going to divorce Mary before they had even really consummated their relationship. But then he had a dream. An angel appeared to Joseph and told him that what was in Mary was actually from the Holy Spirit, that he didn't have to be afraid to marry her because she was still innocent and a virgin. In fact, Joseph was commanded to take responsibility for this child and to name him Jesus. And this is where we pick up the story in Matthew chapter 1 and verse 22. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. See, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Chances are you've heard of this verse before. That's because this is one of the most quoted and loved Christmas passages in the Bible. You'll see it on Christmas cards, sweaters, hear it in songs. Probably your grandmother knows this by heart. And it is a great passage. To be clear, it comes from an Old Testament passage in the book of Isaiah. A long time ago, when the nation of Israel was split into the north and the south, the southern kingdom of Judah was facing possible annihilation. You see, the northern tribes had conspired with another pagan nation to try and take over Judah. The king of Judah at this time was not a good guy. His name was Ahaz, but he was still in the line of David. He feared that he might lose, and so he preemptively made a secret alliance with another pagan nation to try and defeat the other two. Well, this is where Isaiah shows up in the story. It's in chapter 7. And he comes to Ahaz and says, basically, Look, Ahaz, these other nations, they're not going to win. It's not really because of Ahaz, but because of David, that this would be the case. Nevertheless, Isaiah continues. He said, these nations are going to fall. Ahaz, go ahead and ask a sign from God. He'll show you. And now Ahaz, perhaps motivated by some false form of piety, or maybe he just didn't really care. He said, I'm not going to ask the Lord for a sign. I don't need a sign. And then Isaiah said, well, he's going to give a sign anyway. And that's where Isaiah says the controversial verse. And he says to the house of David, Behold, a virgin will conceive and bring forth a son, and you shall call him Emmanuel, which is God with us. Now, what does this passage mean? How could it be referring to the birth of Jesus something like seven to eight hundred years later? What does that have to do with Ahaz? And thus we enter the realm of biblical prophecy. Now, there are two main controversies that arise with Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14. The first one has to do with the Hebrew word for virgin, and the second one is more about the contextual connection between what Ahaz was doing in the nations surrounding Judah, and then much later the birth of Jesus in Bethlehem. So we'll deal with those in order. First, it has been suggested by critical scholars that the word in Hebrew here, Alma, for virgin, is really just a Hebrew word that means young young lady, young girl, young maiden. And so it doesn't really say anything about the word for virgin. And it's true that the word Alma is a generic word 
that can apply to a young woman who is perhaps technically a virgin or maybe not. But I think we're missing something culturally. The only reason why this controversy would arise is because in our society, it is the case that many young women who are unmarried are also not virgins. We have a different view in our society about the sacred nature of a sexual union. But this isn't so in the ancient world. Young women were protected by their fathers until the day that they were given to a man to marry. Today, people hear that and they often shiver and think that's some evil form of patriarchy. But the fact is, it really was in the best interest of the woman that her father cared for her purity and for her safety. So when someone says an Alma or a young woman, it was assumed that she was a young woman who was still living in her father's house. And if she's still living in her father's house, then she is a virgin. But I think personally, the fact that the word Alma is used instead of another Hebrew word, which might more precisely indicate virginity, is because this statement was given to a man named Ahaz. And in fact, it indicates in the context of the narrative that the prophecy was indeed fulfilled. Isaiah continues by saying that when this baby is born, before he knows how to choose good over evil, that all those surrounding nations that were trying to defeat Judah, that they will be no more. And that happened. Syria and the northern tribes of Israel were pretty much toast because of the other nation, the one that Judah had secretly made an alliance with, Assyria, had taken over both of these other nations. So by using the word Alma, it actually can apply to that story, and yet there can be a deeper meaning. And there's a hint of this for a couple of reasons. One, Isaiah uses that word, Emmanuel, or God with us, which carries with it a certain theological, eternal value. A few chapters later, Isaiah mentions more about this prophetic coming one by saying more than just, hey, he's going to be a son and that sign is going to be a way for you to know that these other nations aren't going to rule you. No, instead, Isaiah says that he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Prince of Peace, even Mighty God. And there's much more that he says about this promised one. His kingdom will never end. The whole government will be put on his shoulders, etc. Now, these are much more specifically messianic in their content, which means that the generic word Alma can apply not only to the scene at the present day with Isaiah, but also can point toward a future even greater and more miraculous fulfillment. That one day there would be a true virgin, not just a young woman, but a young woman who is pure in her body. And that before she had ever known a man, she would, in fact, become with child. Now, if we just consider that for a moment, it is truly an impossible thing, naturally. But we've already seen that leading up to this event, or even the promise of this event, that there are other miracles at work. A barren woman who is also too old, she conceives and has a son. A man suddenly loses his voice for the same period of her pregnancy, perfectly in alignment with a visit inside the temple. So there are things stirring already that don't seem natural. But it's at least conceivable that we can hear about an old woman giving birth or becoming pregnant, and it doesn't stretch our imagination too far. But a virgin? How could this even be? Now, before you start thinking about frogs and bunnies and other creatures that might reproduce without a mate, it's important to understand that this woman, Mary, not only didn't have a mate, but she gave birth to a son. 
So some strange natural phenomenon of her reproducing on her own would have only yielded a child with her identical genetic material, which means it certainly would have been a girl. But there is no way that we can even imagine naturally how a virgin woman could become pregnant with a boy who is genetically unique and give birth to him. This is a miracle. And in fact, it's the miracle at the center of this Christmas story. The first Noel. And that brings us to the last statement here, where it says, and they will call him Emmanuel, which is God with us. The word Emmanuel actually just means God, the eternal creator, the one who transcends all, who is before all and over all, that he is here with us. He is with man. And that is a beautiful promise. It's an old promise. It's the first way that God communicated with Moses when he told him that he would be with him. It's a longing in the heart of the ancients to see the restoration of the heartache and the curse lifted off of the earth. And it's a promise connected with the Messiah. For God to truly be with us, he must become like us. God actually became a man in the person of Jesus. Which, by the way, the angel said, You'll name him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Yeshua means that the Lord will come and he will save. He will redeem. He will rescue. Even you who can hear the sound of my voice, if you call out to him today. You know, the story ends with Joseph waking up from his dream and doing exactly as the angel of the Lord had commanded him. So will you wake up? Will you do what the Lord is commanding you to do? To put away sin? To trust in Him? To consider what Christmas is really about? Are you looking for a sign? Maybe this is it. 